So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not be afraid, O worm Jacob, O little Israel, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Thank you, Janet. Philippians 4, verses 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Stress is something that perhaps all of us have experienced, perhaps in terms of of medical stress and um, diagnosed as such, or perhaps just you've had a bad day. And uh, and so you may be aware, thank you, that um, stress at work, around half a million people experienced work-related stress last year. And maybe you're one of them. Thank you. And then depression, stress, anxiety accounted for an estimated 13.5 million lost working days in Britain in 2008. This is a big issue. And so I think it's relevant as we're looking at whole life discipleship and how our faith affects our whole life that... One of the things that came out through recent meetings that perhaps we ought to concentrate on some particular issues, and this will be further discussed at the church meeting on, uh, on Thursday. You're all welcome to that. And so today's just about stress. There was a, uh, John Stott, a famous biblical preacher, one of the best preachers in the world, was once told by his curate, Your preaching is superb, but totally irrelevant 
to the everyday life of people. So I'm trying to meet that so that you may or may not say your preaching is superb, I'm not hankering after that, but I hope that you won't say it's irrelevant because stress is relevant. And how to handle it. Thank you, Colin. So that may be you or people that you know. Um, stress at work. Thank you. Or maybe uh, stress at um, uh, college, uh, school, um, uh, you know, just um, bombarded by books. Thank you. Or what about at home? Stress at home. And in some ways this can be, be more serious Because work, well, maybe you could find another job, or at least you can leave at the end and come home. But at home, if you've got stress at home, then that can be more more serious. Thank you. So we we can be sort of burdened with all of sorts of things. I don't want to to labour this, because maybe you weren't stressed when you came, and then you think, oh, no, yes, you're right, I've got all these problems. I don't want that to happen, but just recognising the reality that that may be the case now or maybe in the future. But there is help. I've searched the internet and there is a, a help kit. This is it. An anti-stress kit. <laughs> Bang head here, it says there. But I don't think it's a very useful anti-stress kit. Um, uh, on the internet, there's lots of, uh, of different uh, ways. And I was interested in, in uh, one particular site that had some useful information about good things like going out and getting some exercise, eating healthily and taking a break, all sorts of good things like that. And also on that same site, it advocated prayer, which I thought was interesting. And uh, a secular site advocating prayer. Now, what we're going to go on to now is, uh, is uh, the, the passage from Philippians. But before we do so, a word of warning. When preachers like me preach on this subject, it can just make matters worse. Because uh, I'm going to say about giving it, things to God and um, finding the peace of God. And that can just make you feel worse. Because you think, I'm stressed He's told me to hand over to God and then I'll know the peace. I still feel stressed. Obviously, I'm not a good Christian or I can't do this. And it just compounds the problem. I don't want to do that. I know that uh, what I'm about to say doesn't always come easy. But I think we can move towards it. And so... If this week you still find yourself in some sort of stress, don't think, well, that was a load of rubbish what I heard on Sunday. I'm not a Christian. I I can't give it to God. Don't think like that. But maybe there might be something in what I say that can just help in uh, the lives that we lead. Thank you. So this is a reading that uh, that Colin um, uh, read out. Now, you need to know that Paul, who wrote this message... He knew what stress was. He knew what concerns were. That uh, he was in chains, he was put in prison because of his faith. He uh, had shipwrecks, he had all sorts of things going on. He didn't have a secure job. He wrote to real people out of real situations. It's not something that he, oh, he was just in some sort of cocoon. He knew what difficulties there were in the world. Let's um, highlight some things, shall we? Thank you. 
He starts off by encouraging us to rejoice. Rejoice always, he said. Well, is that possible? Can you rejoice if you've just been diagnosed with cancer? Can you rejoice if somebody you love has just let you down? Can you rejoice at a funeral? Can you rejoice if you, your job's under threat? And what makes it worse? He's emphatic about it. It's not just say, well, if you feel like it, rejoice. It's rejoice. So what's the meaning behind this? Because Paul knew difficulties. Well, if you read it carefully, it's not just rejoice. It's rejoice in the Lord. And that's significant. It's not just a, a vague rejoicing. Oh, everything's nice. You know what it's like if somebody takes your photo and you don't want your photo taken and you just sort of, hmm, a bit of an inane smile, put in the best face you can on it, but you don't really, you, you, you know, got some, something going on, you don't really want to smile. It's not that sort of rejoicing that you'll you try and make the best of it. It's more like, well, perhaps another analogy, a submarine that uh, puts the periscope up and, and there's all chaos going on, a storm perhaps going around. And you can see all of that, but underneath, when the, the, the submarine goes down, there can be a peace and there, there can be a calm, an inner peace. Rejoicing in the Lord. You see, our, our rejoicing is not dependent on, on uh, our relationship to the world, but our relationship with God. It's rejoicing in the Lord. Just been diagnosed with cancer. Terrible thing. But perhaps in the Lord we can rejoice that in Him we'll have the strength to cope with that. And ultimately in Him there'll be a new heaven, a new body. We've just been let down by somebody. We can rejoice in the Lord that we have God. And that is whom we depend on. That's our acceptance, that's our approval, not somebody else. So do you get that? It's rejoicing in the Lord, not just a, a vague rejoicing. Let's move on. Do not be anxious. Worry is something that is endemic and, uh, and for some people it really gets to them. I think if I'm honest, I'm a bit of a worrier. And if Brian was here today, the number of times he said, don't worry, it'll be okay. So I know what I'm talking about. I'm not saying, oh, it's easy. But worry can be defined as to fret over something outside your control. And worry also can be assuming responsibility that God never intended us to have. We can, if we're not careful, worry about all sorts of things that we have no control over, no responsibility. Somebody did some research over worries, and apparently 40% of them never happened at all. So what was the point in worrying about them? 30% of them are just in the past, and perhaps there's things that we need to pray and deal with, but they're in the past. 12% were needless worries over health. 
10% were over petty issues. Only 8% were legitimate concerns. I mean, it, okay, there's still something to, to, to be concerned about, but perhaps it just puts it into perspective. See, there's a difference between legitimate concern and worry. If a tiger came bursting into this church now, it's right to be anxious. You would have a legitimate cause for concern. Okay, so that's okay. But what is not a legitimate worry, I would say, is being worried that a tiger will burst into church. It could happen, but it's not very likely. It hasn't happened as far as I know for the 349 years that this church has been in existence. So it's unlikely to happen today. So you understand the difference between a concern and, uh, yeah, you may be concerned about your job or, or something at home, but that's a difference. That may be one of the 8%, but a difference over just a worry. So do not be anxious, but what should we do in the meantime? Thank you, Colin. Well, use that time for praying rather than just, uh, just worrying and be anxious. Be, be praying. We can ask God to help us. And we can ask God to put into practice what we've been taught. We can ask God, help us to rejoice in the Lord. Help us, Lord, not to be anxious. Rather than a condemning, Lord, I'm useless, I, I still have managed to rejoice, I'm still anxious. Just ask the Lord to help you. Don't forget that that secular website encouraged prayer. And we've got one example of prayer. And this was, was also from a different website that was said, don't worry about things that you can't control. And I immediately thought of this prayer. If you're able to see it, let's say it together, shall we? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Quite a famous prayer, but a, a valid prayer. Let's move on. Still in this same short passage, the Bible's really fruitful for helping us in our everyday life. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. We can give thanks. Now, I don't mean uh, this give, you know, sort of give thanks that uh, I've been made redundant. But just have a different perspective. And I also don't mean, you know, the, um, uh, uh, the Monty Python song, Always look on the bright side of life. I'm not saying that, because that's... Uh, uh, a sort of cliche, but do get things in perspective. So often we can th look at what we haven't got rather than what we have got. So practice that, give thanks for what we have got rather than worry and moan and be concerned about what we haven't got. There was an old song, I haven't sung it for years, called Count Your Blessings. Count them one by one. I see some nods. I think we perhaps ought to bring that song back. That um, just to it's uh, just to recognise the good things that uh, that we have. You know, I didn't get promotion, but 
at least I've got a job sort of thing. Just remember and, and have that perspective on life, that thankfulness. And it's amazing how life can change. And the result of all this, thank you, Colin, and the peace of God which transcends or passes all understanding. You could just go on to the next one. Just emphasize that. That, yes, there's reasons not to be cheerful, to quote, to misquote another song. But transcending all of that, uh, that can be the peace of God. And can I emphasize again, I'm not trying to burden you. If you, if you still find difficulty, stress next week, don't think I'm useless. I don't know that peace of God. I, it, all this can't be true. But maybe we can move towards that peace from God. And there's more. The rest of the passage is this. Finally, brothers and sisters. And then Paul encourages in the Bible to concentrate on good things. So often we can fill our minds with, with bad things and difficulties. And, uh, and over the summer, the elders decided on Thursday to, to put something on the web that will be helpful for you. As fellowship groups, and perhaps you're away and it's difficult to get to church, then uh, there'll be something on the web that week by week you'll be able to, uh, to, to lock into and, and help you and encourage you and you can comment on. These are good things. Read the Bible. Spend that, uh, that time perhaps in the morning in, in prayer and just a few minutes can make such a difference. Fill your minds with good things. Thank you. And then the God of peace will be with you. Now whether you know that or not, but hold on to this promise that he will be with you and you can call out to him. And just that uh, little bit above there, above the end, put it into practice. This is what we're talking about with this whole life discipleship, about putting into practice the faith. And so I hope that this talk today is, has helped us to, to think, rejoice in the Lord. Do not be anxious. Don't spend your time worrying over things that, that need be worried about. But use that time in prayer. And give thanks for the good things in your life. Put these into practice and we'll move towards that peace that passes all understanding. Amen.